The following episode of the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, includes advertising provided by our network, GCN. If you'd like to subscribe to an ad-free version of the program, plus the exclusive After the Paracast podcast, please visit www.theparacast.plus. That's P-L-U-S. Once again, that's www.theparacast.plus. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Well, most of the gang's all here today. We've got our co-host, Tim Swartz, our special guest co-host, Kurt Collins. I'm Gene Steinberg, and you're not, so where do we go from here? We've got a lot to talk about because we've done a lot of shows since Kurt was here. And I wanted to bring up a couple of things. Because over the years, there have been suggestions that some of the UFO sightings were not caused by spaceships or some kind of conventional phenomena, but might be test aircraft of some sort. So, Kurt, I'd like to ask you about this. I've got a book on hand here, a new book, and I know you probably haven't read it yet, but I'm going to look it over before we decide whether to follow up. It's from George Wingfield who's been active in the Paracast forums and has been on the show. And it's called The Rendlesham Forest UFO Mystery and Project Honey Badger. And the basic theory is that this UFO was basically a conventional craft of some sort. What's your take on that, Kurt? I know a little bit about George's work. I actually met him, uh, well, met him via the show and I talked to him a bit, even published one of his articles. He had uh, ideas about the Cash Landrum case, and he suspected that was a military operation. And it looks like he thinks that's behind a lot of UFO sightings, apparently. It's certainly worth investigating. The military is flying more things quietly than anyone else, and they do have reason to keep it secret. And I think it does represent a portion of UFO sightings, but I am highly doubtful that it explains everything. I would not disagree with you on that. The question, of course, is it would help if we could take specific sightings or cases and say, okay, that's the conventional stuff. Let's forget about that and focus on the stuff that's unknown. So what about Rendlesham? What about Cash Landrum, for example? I am less inclined to believe that Cash Landrum incident was was military. Uh, there's, there's no proof that the helicopter was involved. It's a famous sighting. I, I, I don't want to recap unless you think we need to, but it was in Texas in 1980, and helicopters were supposedly seen in connection with the UFO. But there's no credible evidence they were actually there. Dr. J. Allen Hynek was convinced that there were no physical helicopters, but he considered the possibility maybe it was a defense mechanism of whatever this UFO was that he would put that in the minds of the witnesses and therefore they would, it was camouflage in other words. So um, I'm more inclined to think that the Rendlesham, the Bentwaters incident might have been a military operation, but that doesn't 
account for the stories the witnesses have told about it. So that's that's very hard to put all that together. But yeah, there's uh, there's good reason to believe it is. But the only way you can plausibly say that these people aren't liar, liars are is that there was a lot of excitement and misunderstanding of what was going on around them and then possibly also cover stories so what's your take on this tim well i just thinking about you know nick redfern um put forth the uh, the idea that the whole Redfern thing was some kind of you know like military um I'm, I, I, first words come into my mind is mind control experiment, but it's not mind control, but more you know more of a situation where uh, seeing how soldiers would uh, react to an unconventional situation. So I mean, you know, I I wouldn't put it past the military, though I would I would hope that they would have better things to do, you know, to spend their money on than to try to freak out soldiers, you know, during the Christmas holidays at an, uh, a base that has nuclear weapons stored there. Yeah, that's, that's one thing you have to wonder about. You know, if we do say that it was a military operation, they usually just don't goof around. There has to be a, a particular purpose for it. Now, maybe we can't figure it out, but, you know, by examining the, the motive, maybe we could figure out, you know, what what was behind this. Uh, and, you know, I just, I just can't figure. I mean, obviously, it would have to ultimately be a, disguising a weapon or to deceive the enemy. So... You know, maybe that works somehow, but I can't put it together. Yeah, it just it, it just always seemed you know rather rather odd to me that um, the military would go to such great great lengths to try to uh, uh, fake UFO encounters um, in an attempt to, uh, to to whatever you know whatever you know root out spies or to try to see uh, like I said before whether or not uh, the the personnel how they would react to a, a, an unusual situation uh, we do know though that um, some of these bases in Great Britain, um, especially during the uh, uh, 1980s, apparently used some kind of uh, uh, um, uh, uh, electromagnetic uh, weaponry on protesters who were uh, outside of these uh, bases when it was discovered that they were actually holding um nuclear weapons. I mean, there was the case where you had, it was like a, a group of nuns who were protesting and all came down with uh, uh, various kinds of illnesses sounding an awful lot like uh, what we're now calling the Havana Syndrome. Uh, but, you know, this was you know, a couple decades ago. Of course, it doesn't mean that the Havana Syndrome didn't start many years ago. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, you know, uh, I, uh, uh, I helped put together a book years ago uh, called Mind Stalkers that, uh, that looked into that and with the, uh, the possible connections that the United States government uh, under um, MKUltra and the other various mind control programs were using uh, the whole UFO phenomena as a 
possible cover for some of these experiments. This is not related to Havana syndrome, but one one deceptive operation that was related to Area 51 uh, and the stealth aircraft. Are, you know, this all is around the same time. They were uh, they were training the pilots for the stealth planes. They they could they can only fly those at night, but for daytime flight, they were using Warthog A7s. And but still, there was secrecy surrounding, and they made people go away. And they they mounted a device on one of them, which was just purely cosmetic, that they claimed was an atomic-powered invisibility generator that had the nickname, you know, the Klingon invisibility shield or something like that. So, and that was all to create this air of mystery and dis- distract from the the fact that these were pilots training on the stealth aircraft. So these same type of methods may be in place to, to distract and, and camouflage what, what's going on. Uh, but, but as far as I know, I don't think they've hoaxed any UFO sightings to, uh, to cover aircraft. But, you know, you do have to wonder. Well, one thing that I see here is they may not have used UFO sightings as an excuse But if people report UFOs in connection with it, they'll take that. They'll take that as a way of plausible deniability. There was a a researcher that uh, worked with uh, the Fund for UFO Research and, and a lot of people. It was John T. Westwood. As you can see right now, this is just the beginning. We've got a lot more to cover in this episode. What's more, Kurt Collins will be back for... The episode of After the Paracast, which is part of the Paracast Plus streaming package. And a reminder, if you're not signed up with Paracast Plus, go to theparacast.plus, theparacast.plus, for more information. As for now, we'll learn more about who or what this John T. Westwood is. And that will come up in the next segment of the show. We're featuring Kurt Collins, Tim Swartz, and Gene Steinberg, a special Shop Talk episode. You're in. The Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. 
Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Extendivite testimonials on Amazon are very informative. Here's just a few. Amazon customer, five stars. Honestly, this stuff works. Nick, easy to take capsules. For those who can't handle the liquid drops, easy to take Extendivite capsules do the same job. Karoka Fam, works great. Like Extendivite very much. Seems to work as advertised. Thanks. Arlene, five stars. Love this product, Extendivite. Terry W., five stars. Can't say enough. Great product. Freya, five stars. I just ordered another. To get your Extendivite today, go to Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Or call us at 1-877-928-8822. Extend your life with Extendivite. GCN's policy is open forum avoiding censorship. Defense costs for words spoken outside of our control supersede the ability to deliver voices to this important talk platform. The First Amendment is the foundation of our core values. Cancel culture is silencing voices regardless of perspective. Freedom to speak is in the balance. Support the legitimacy of speech itself. Consider donating to SaveGCN.com. That's SaveGCN.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We continue looking at the possibility here that whether some UFO sightings might be conventional aircraft, and this was in connection with that book from George Wingfield that now I'm more curious about, called The Rendlesham Forest UFO Mystery and Project Honey Badger. Okay? He's claiming in the blurb in the back of the book, and I haven't read the book yet, so let's be fair. He's claiming that this has now been explained, that he has the explanation for that, I guess we can't dispute it here, but I kind of think here, if it was true that it was some kind of conventional aircraft, wouldn't you convey that message to all these people who saw it, to John Burroughs who suffered physical effects, so that they are at least satisfied that we made a reasonable effort to solve the mystery? I know a little bit about Honey Badger. 
that was a code name for America's uh, hostage rescue. Uh, you know, Iran held American hostages in, in 1980, and there were there was a failed attempt uh, when helicopters crashed, and there was a, a second attempt, and that that caused uh, the cover of Area 51 to be blown. People didn't know exactly what it was, but the the flights were the test flights were run out of there. And they they pretty much flew across the country, which you know has excited some people in saying that there were helicopters out and could possibly have been involved in the Cash Landrum sighting. But the the timing, you know, is failed to to line up perfectly. But there was extensive flights going out. I wouldn't be surprised if some of those had caused UFO sightings. And uh, you know, ultimately. The hostages were released, and I think there was word that was coming, and the mission was canceled. There's no doubt there was heavy military activity really in relation to that. So, I you know how that would relate to Rendlesham. I I don't know. We'll have to read his book and find out. Well, now wasn't there the uh, suggestion that you know whatever the thing was that was seen uh, in the Cash Landrum case was uh, uh, a top secret aircraft that was going to be used for Operation Honey Badger, but you know somehow it it malfunctioned. Yeah, there that that's been speculated. One idea was that it was a. Uh, somehow a battlefield illumination device mm. uh, so I can't now you know I, I examine things like uh, the devices that we know that have been used to serve that or similar purposes like like air, nighttime aerial photography I couldn't I couldn't make it line up doesn't mean it couldn't have been but it's a strange place to have been experimenting with it and uh, you know, one of the things that's kind of been exaggerated in the cash Lantern case is that it was a remote country road well it kind of was but it was only about a, a 12 or 15 miles from the the Houston International Airport so it 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 was awfully close to air traffic and air traffic control for covert testing it was a lousy choice yeah that's always uh, it, it's <laughs> That's the one thing that's always uh, uh, kind of uh, mystified me about these suggestions of uh, COVID testing when it comes to some of these past UFO sightings. Is like you said, a lot of times uh, these sightings take place in, in fairly populated areas, and, and we know that the military likes to use the desert, mountains, you know, places that uh, they have complete control over when it comes to uh, testing these uh, the, these sacred aircraft. So, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, the suggestion that the Cash Landrum case was some kind of secret military craft that, you know, somehow got out of control and ended up where it was, just, it doesn't fly to me. <laughs> I agree. Well, now I'll argue the other side of it. So, back to stealth aircraft again. Um, they, they used to test fly over Las Vegas at night just to practice targets. And so that that's one example of testing in a civilian area that they probably should have been using better judgment. I mean, a why, why, why mountain out in the desert wouldn't have worked as well, I can't say. And then another another one, and I don't have the date on this, but I think it was around 1983, a um, 
one of the aircraft crashed into a hotel and caused deaths. And so that was obviously a populated area. You know, it's an accident. Maybe they weren't supposed to even be near it. Um, but, you know, it has it has happened. And I guess if we want to get look at even some more grim uh, possibilities, the um, I think everyone knows the the term uh, broken arrow where a nuclear weapon is lost. Well, some of those have happened near populated areas. And you would think the utmost care would, would go into that. So sometimes these things do happen for whatever reason where they're testing things from the military that where civilians, well, they, they shouldn't be exposed to civilians and it happens. I wanted to go back to one thing you said there, Kurt. Losing nuclear weapons, is that what you said? That's right. Uh, and, you know, I, I do a lot of research on different things, and some of it only half sticks in the head. So I can't give you uh, facts and figures, but if you look up, there are a couple of websites that list broken arrow incidents. And uh, there have been some that uh, nuclear weapons that have been lost and, and not recovered. And, and some of them were in, in areas that were, were populated. So, you know, not major cities usually, but, you know, on the edges of, of, of cities and towns. So, you know, it's, it seems unbelievable. But, you know, one thing I guess we should talk about in, in relation to all this, whether it's UFO policy or just military in general, is that every few years we've got a change of leadership and presidents and then the military, uh, the military leadership changes. Not to mention, this is all going between the ebb and flow of the Cold War and other military situations. So it's sometimes maybe there are desperate situations where the rules change or at the whim of the commander. You know, you just don't know. So. You know, we think about, well, the country would never do this, but sometimes they're, they try desperate things. There, There's a great example. Um, you know, uh, yeah. I live in Indiana, and at uh, some point in the past, the military tested some kind of of uh, uh, like uh, of gas warfare on Fort Wayne, Indiana, where they used a uh, like a proxy gas that they released over the city just to see what it would do in secret, and it didn't come out for year, years later. And of course, uh, there was the um, oh, the New York subways. Where they uh, they did the same thing. I think that may have been part of the uh, MK Ultra uh, type of situation. But I mean, we do know that uh, uh, the military intelligence services have used uh, the population as guinea pigs, uh, probably right from the very beginning. This is something we were talking to Shane Cashman about on last mm-hmm. week's episode where I think he feels that a very large number of these cases are indeed the result of some sort of military intervention. we got more with Kurt, Tim, and Gene. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
The stock market have you nervous with massive fluctuations? With the impact of inflation and the upcoming midterm elections, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. But with Vantage Point, you won't have to guess. Text MONEY to 813-813 to find out how you can forecast market trend changes with up to 87.4% proven accuracy. That's right, 87.4%. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 and find the consistency and confidence you've been looking for in your trading. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. No more guessing when to get in or out of a trade. Text MONEY to 813-813. We'll send you a link to our free live training. Protect your hard-earned capital with Vantage Point. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. By texting the word DEMO, you agree to the terms available at vantagepointsoftware.com slash terms and consent to receive calls and text using automated technology or pre-recorded voice about offers or info by or on behalf of Vantage Point. Your consent is not a condition of purchase and can be revoked at any time. Message and data rates may apply. Text MONEY to 813-813. USA Radio News. I'm Tony Maruso reporting. Both Miami quarterbacks, Tua Tagovailoa and Teddy Bridgewater, have completed all of the return-to-play steps required by the NFL and are no longer in the league's recently revised concussion protocols. A person with knowledge of the decisions spoke on condition of anonymity because the moves were not announced publicly by the Dolphins. The news that 70 million people will see an 8.7% boost in their Social Security checks next year came just weeks before Election Day, but it is unlikely to give Democrats the edge they are desperately seeking at the polls. Funerals for miners killed in a coal mine explosion in northern Turkey began Saturday as officials raised the death toll to at least 41 people. Desperate relatives had waited all night in the cold outside the state-owned Turkish Hard Coal Enterprises mine in the Town of Amasra in the Black Sea, coastal province of Barton, hoping for news. This is USA Radio News. Did you know that you could easily be saving up to 90% on your taxes by simply making a phone call? That's right. The Fortune 500, the globalists, all the big billionaires and millionaires, they know about the loopholes written under the law where most of them pay almost zero tax. In fact, many of them pay no tax. You even see it on the news. How are they able to do that? But the common person can't. So whether you're a school teacher, a lawyer, a scientist, a millionaire, a billionaire, or whether you're just a regular blue-collar worker, everybody should learn about the legal, lawful loopholes. And we've got an organization and a group that I am so proud to be working with, American Tax Solutions. GCN has a special deal with them to get you the best rates. And here's the most important part. They save you money and then get part of the savings. This is an absolute win-win solution. You've got to give them a call at 855-907-4841 or GCN Tax Cut. That's GCNTaxCut.com. The only way you miss out is not making the phone call. Make it now. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork, you know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big, bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. 
That's 800-507-3137. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Now, I would think here, if there was military intervention in the UFO mystery, it would go back to the early days. It's possible some of those sightings in the early days were the result of test aircraft. I know my old buddy Jim Mosley, whom I mentioned more than once on the show because I think he had such a great impact in the UFO field, he said way back when that all or most UFOs were secret test aircraft. Now, he may have been right about some of that earlier stuff. Maybe not so much now that we don't see that much kind of behavior, although it's quite possible here that there's always been a mystery, strange things happening in the sky, and then the military sticks their neck into it, using that as an excuse to have their own test aircraft. Oh, it's a UFO, and there are no UFOs, and therefore... Plausible deniability. Well, it gets so confusing too because the uh, the Navy claimed in the early fifties that they were responsible for the UFOs, that it was their high altitude sky balloons and other other experiments of the like, and there were a lot of those and weather balloons flying, and they did cause a great number of UFO sightings. But you know the the people that are looking for for aliens and and want to you know really hardcore pro-UFO, they don't want to believe any sightings were caused by UFOs. But, you know, the majority of them are mistaken identity of conventional things, including balloons. Um, So it sort of flip-flops on that. But, you know, one thing we have to keep in mind, even with well-documented historical events, even ones that have been filmed and you have living witnesses to, there are legends that surround them that take a life of their own. And the the UFO field, with less information, has so many um, beliefs swirling. And, and, you know, some are rooted in fact and, you know, others, you know, more in fantasy. I wonder if we can make a strong case for Roswell. Now, I bring up Roswell again, the R word, because unless the schedule changes, next week Kevin Randall is booked to be on the show. And he hasn't talked to Tim yet, and I thought that I'd inflict Tim on Kevin. This may be something more spectacular than we can imagine. But certainly he believes that Roswell was something unknown, possibly a spaceship, although he's backtracked on a number of the things he talked about early on, such as dead aliens being seen in connection with that. But I still see test stuff happening with Roswell. Yeah, so, and, you know, the first thing I'll go to on that is that um, there was no reference to bodies until the late 70s, 80s revival of that, and, and those stories started coming out. They, and originally we just had this, you know, what amounted to fall and, you know, and wasn't described as being particularly exotic until Jesse Marcel's story resurfaced. So, yeah, his his position is that, you know, there is something mysterious about it. Um, you know, he has spent an enormous amount of time and uh, 
uh, I know I noticed he had interviewed uh, Tom Carey recently, who was uh, had made a point of being exclusively a Roswell researcher, you know, to the point of ignoring any other UFO case. And I thought that was awfully limiting. But it, it's an enduring mystery. But I just don't think the evidence is is good enough to ignore everything else. It, it's it's at least an interesting footnote and certainly historical significance, uh, although it made a very brief flash in the pan in 1947 for probably a day and a half at most. It's, its life really came from the revival uh, 40, 30 years later. That gave everybody plenty of time to misremember what they experienced. Oh, speaking of misremembering, you know, the, the one thing that people talk about when in criticizing the Air Force's explanation of crash test dummies, no one really likes that. I think that, I heard that the military said that these crash test dummies, which were tested about 10 years later, and they just thought people may have confused those. I think General it was Colonel Weaver, the one that wrote the report, he said that he wanted to put that in so that they weren't calling people who had seen them liars. Maybe they just got them mixed up. And uh, that seems like a stretch. But I, I thought about something recently. Edgar Mitchell, uh, the, the astronaut, and he was also interested in psychic phenomena. He was a big proponent of UFOs. He was um, his comments on Roswell. Because he was from there, he grew up there, and he he was recounting, he was talking about that he remembered reading about the newspapers, and he just sort of casually mentioned about the aliens found. Well, that wasn't in the newspapers. That didn't come out until until 1980, say. But in 1950, the Aztec story, uh, the Frank Scully story, came out, and that had bodies recovered. So maybe. He remembers that, and his his memory played trick, you know. So that's just only three years apart. Maybe, you know, that he conflated those two events to come up with bodies in the wreckage. Yeah, the they came out um, detailing the the Aztec case, and uh, um, uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of the author. Gene, remind me, uh, Scully, Shelley, <laughs> Frank Scully. Right. Frank Scully, thank you very much. Uh, I think that a lot of people who attribute a memory to Roswell of, of uh, an actual crashed disc-shaped object and bodies is remembering that book and not what was going on in Roswell. Well, we've probably talked about Frank Scully's book before you know if anyone hasn't read it you know don't let the fact that it's been dismissed as a hoax uh put you off of it because it, it's really pretty interesting the, you know the, the story is kind of sketchy but one of the things the book has in the back of it is a long list of, of, of a summary headlines and summaries of news stories from 1947 up to the time the book was published that are you know it's really interesting so it's not um uh, you know, even if you dismiss the, the main story as, as fiction, there's some historical worth to it. And I think that's probably part of the reason people confused uh, the book as 
you know, accepted it as truthful. So, but that's, that's, you know, when you talk about disinformation, the classic thing is to mix this fictitious material with some genuine. And so whether this book intended to do so, it served the same purpose. There were, there was factual information in there tied to a big whopper. What surprised me there was that Scott Ramsey fell for it. He researched it for years. He wrote a book about it. In fact, Stan Friedman wrote an introduction to it. And I just can't understand why Ramsey, who impressed me as a pretty smart guy, and certainly Stan Friedman, would fall for this stuff. You know, it's like, it's, it's like what Paul Kimball used to say, it's like Dracula. You stick a stake <laughs> through its heart, and it comes back again. It's like the scene in one of the universal <laughs> horror films. I think it was House of Dracula, where, where John Carradine plays Count Dracula, a rather gaunt Count Dracula, and Boris Karloff plays a mad doctor. And he pulls the stake out of the skeleton of Dracula, who is then revived. That's what <laughs> Aztec sounds like. Well, so on Aztec, Ramsey, is it Scott Ramsey? Yes, and Scott his, Ramsey and his wife, Suzanne. Suzanne. So it's, uh, you, you meant years. It sounded like he's devoted his life to this. I mean, he really made a cause, spent thousands, probably hundreds of thousand dollars investigating this. And uh, yeah, it's so strange that it seems to be, you know, so much less substantial than Roswell, which is something that I think is kind of mostly air. Before we find out about the air, we've got this stuff to air with Kurt, Tim, and Gene. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. 
Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Medicaid and CHIP offer free or low-cost health coverage for children and teens. Hospital and doctor visits, prescriptions, shots, and more are covered. That's peace of mind for parents if a child is sick or gets injured. And parents may now be eligible for Medicaid, too, even if they've applied in the past. Enrollment is always open. Visit insurekidsnow.gov or call 1-877-KIDS-NOW. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. I need some extra money. Do I qualify for the earned income tax credit? Use the EITC assistant tool. With just a little information, this tool helps you calculate eligibility with ease and accuracy. Get an estimate of how much credit you qualify for and get a printout of your results before you prepare your return or visit your tax preparer. To use the EITC assistant tool and see if you're eligible to claim a credit, visit irs.gov EITC. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Hi, this is James Fox. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We are not using the term hot air here, except for <laughs> balloons. You never know. You know, that's what's going on. But you think that Roswell doesn't have a whole lot of support behind it? Well, Yes, we've talked about this some before, and just to summarize, there was so little of substance discovered at the time. And, you know, the the, the whole basis, Roswell only can exist if you believe a massive cover-up. You know, you you have to say, well, why isn't this here? Well, it's covered up, it's taken away, it was hidden by the government, people's lives were threatened. And the ufo cases that depend on things like this and the men in black and you know this massive conspiracy i'm very suspicious of those cases also so much of the information about the roswell story came out decades later and then it grew and and grew so that's why so i prefer things that are promptly reported and investigated that there's multiple witnesses that are documented at the time 
you know, the flaws in the Cash Landrum case, it was a month before it was investigated, but that was still close enough where people's memories were fresh and things like that. There are just dozens and dozens of cases that I just think have more meat on the bone than, than the Roswell case does. So why is it that Roswell gets so much attention? Well, product branding, in a, in a sense, um, the, and the exposure that received on television. I think the, the biggest, you know, the 1980 book by Berlitz and Moore was, uh, I think it sold reasonably well, but it didn't really catch fire until an episode of Unsolved Mysteries did a story. And then there was a television movie later on, and uh, it, it, I think the media... It was it was television that really built the case, I think. People have grown up with it. You almost have two generations of Roswell, um, people that were exposed to Roswell and believe. I mean, as far as why it caught on, Roswell was sort of the perfect encapsulation of the UFO story. You had the, the crash, the alien bodies, and the government covered up. I mean, all the classic elements that um, that Donald Kehoe had put together were put together in a in a story with an unsatisfying ending because the bad government hit it all. So I, I think it's I think it works as a as sort of like the the UFO myth. It, it's um, it, it's almost like a UFO Bible story in that sense. All of the key elements of. UFO reports are are encapsulated in this one case. Plus, we have the added excitement that this may be an actual spaceship recovered by the military. It has a lot of drama going for it. And that's why, well, you know, most UFO cases are lacking in drama. They're like, um, they're basically like, a, well, not not exactly a hit and run, but, you know, you see something that flies off. What was that? And that's all you've got to go on. And sometimes you have great witnesses and there's some radar data or a photo that's kind of ambiguous, but, you know, at best. And but, you know, here you've got lives threatened and, you know, evidence taken away in in some versions of the story, you know, that things are confiscated. Um, and so sometimes the more story elements to a UFO story, the less inclined I am to take it um, very seriously because almost every story gets better in the retelling. And with Roswell, they had 30 years to figure out a good story. They they did and and I just um, so another case that's been compared to this is in the uh, the Kecksburg case in the mid sixties I can't remember the particular year and some people are satisfied with the explanation that there was a fireball that was seen across several states and that some people saw that and thought it landed on a hill but as as the and it was also covered, uh, say, 20 years later on Unsolved Mysteries, and there was a reenactment. And um, I think the story grew, the number of people who claimed to have seen it and then seen uh, military trucks coming in, all the, this sort of thing grew over time. And, and maybe, maybe it actually happened, but it wasn't it wasn't universally witnessed and, and widely reported at the time. Um, but you can argue, though, that it comes closer 
to having that sort of contemporary report than than Roswell did because so much of so much of that story came out years later. But I, I think in both instances you can kind of contrast and compare and see how the story expanded. Now I'm looking here, it's December of nineteen sixty five, December ninth. And I'm looking about a model depicting the alleged crashed object. And I'm thinking about the model If you allow for human error, the limits of the artistic recreation, it looks like a space capsule. And some people have suggested it was something like a a surveillance, a corona satellite that was crashed and had, you know, which was taken pictures possibly over Russia and had to be brought back. Or I think the other suggestion was that it was actually something the Soviets had launched and it had to be captured and analyzed by our military. So those there there have been there have been theories on, on both of those that would that would sort of fit what was reported. So, you know, it's certainly possible. And and things like that probably do explain some of these incidents. The thing I worry about though with Kecksburg especially it's nineteen sixty five. Okay, maybe it's a Russian space capsule, whatever. Something like that could be disclosed after all these years without sacrificing national security, don't you think? Well, that's a good point. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the things that they have ever disclosed willingly, even decades later. You know, most of this stuff comes out in unpleasant ways, like... um, well, the MK Ultra uh, stuff is one of them. Some of the things that, uh, some of the involvement of the U.S. in uh, the overthrow of other other countries has probably come out in the same way. So, but I don't know. It, does, does there have to be some some evidence that's they're confronted with before there's an admission of something like that? Well, there was the uh, there was the case of the the United States recovering the um, uh, it was a sunken uh, Soviet submarine that uh, they used uh, 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 one of Howard Hughes's company. The yeah the Glomar Explorer case yeah right. yeah yeah and uh, that uh, you know that information came out and I don't know how long after the actual recovery but there was definitely controversy around it when it did come out yeah that's a pretty good example and 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 for people that may not be familiar with it you know everyone's heard that we can neither confirm nor deny that's called the glomar response and that's when they were asked questions about it that's that's what was said by officials and we hear that all too often in relation to ufo matters the kecksburg incident you know i mean i remember you know as a kid uh 1965 in December uh when that fireball uh went across that portion of the country because uh I was uh, there was a lot of uh, uh, news coverage on it and I was disappointed that I missed it living in uh, uh, central Indiana we would have seen it if we had been outside at the time but it wasn't until what for most of us you know years later that then the subsequent stories about something crashing 
uh, in Kecksburg. Though now, if you ask Stan Gordon, uh, Stan Gordon distinctly remembers, you know, people coming forward very early on saying that uh, this thing had come down outside of town. Yeah, so there's when when people are convinced, um, they actually saw something, you know, and what they may feel about it, and uh, you know, they may have mistaken impressions, but they they actually saw something, there. and there was a there was a a UFO sighting in relation to Roswell that has been speculated to have been connected it was a minor one but it wasn't it wasn't seen by a number of people like in in kecksburg so we know there was something actually in the sky you know what was it in in kecksburg we're not sure of but uh so that's that's a little a little different it's it's the the core of it is a lot more credible so you know if i had to if i had to, to to back one of them i would go with kecksburg over roswell for sure Hey, we're going to talk more about some of this with Gene, Kurt, and Tim. You're in the podcast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Do you have brain fog or loss of short-term memory? Do you suffer from symptoms of hypothyroidism or adrenal fatigue? Do you have deformative joint disease or candida overgrowth? All of these symptoms are associated with mercury toxicity. Most of the mercury toxicity comes from having had gray or silver-looking dental fillings. It does not matter how old the mercury filling is, it still off-gasses 1,000 times more mercury than the EPA considers safe for human exposure. Just replacing your mercury fillings with non-toxic material is only the first step. Unless you apply an effective detoxification protocol, then your body is still poisoned with mercury for the rest of your life. Green Metal Way supplies the precursor to making glutathione. Glutathione is the number one mechanism for removing mercury and other toxins from the body. Order Green Metal Way and get my free report, Mercury Detoxification That Works. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit bestwayprotein.net. That's bestwayprotein.net. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. 
So is the amount of attention a particular case gets strictly the result of publicity? Well, there have to be answers. Because like with Roswell, it disappeared from the press until the book came out from Moore and Berlitz with a contribution from Stanton Friedman, who claimed he did a lot more work for the book than he was credited and I suspect paid for. Well, that's an interesting question because sometimes uh, UFO cases propelled by the people involved, you know, particularly the, the contactee cases, because these people had stories to tell. The majority of them were pretty imaginative. And then the uh, abduction cases, like Betty and Barney Hill became the face of that. And um, there were magazine articles and, you know, later on television and things. And, and the the fact that the witnesses were available in those cases and later in Travis Walton, the Pascagoula uh, abduction, some people choose to talk about their experience maybe once or twice and they disappear and others go to UFO conventions and participate or even write their own books. So it's um, it's sort of a, ma- a matter of what catches the eye of the media and, and timing. You know, I guess the slow news day helps. But there's some things that almost seem like they've um, maybe it's a good story and it catches on. But, but I, I can say that there are just you can look in the files of Project Blue Book or MUFON's case files or NICAPs or APROs, and there, there's lots of good, credible sightings by reliable witnesses, but they lack the drama, and they never became major cases. And, they, and some of these ones like this, due to exposure or the witnesses, they did, they did catch fire, and it's not, it's not well-balanced at all. Well, it, you know, it's like... It's like with Roswell. I never really thought that much about it, with the exception of Jesse Marcel and his opinion on what was going on. Everybody else who has, you know, claimed some kind of connection with Roswell, you know, most of them seem rather, you know, spurious to me. But his accounts just always worked for me. Uh, so you know, it just—it just always led me to believe that something went on. May not necessarily be, you know, what the you know the pop culture scenario says it is, but you know, just because of his testimony, you know, I I, I think you know something did happen. Well, you make a you make a interesting point there, but because the military was involved, that made it a a more interesting case to go back and examine, and. If you look at what's happened since 2017 with the Navy cases uh, that have, you know, exploded in the media and, you know, we have congressional support for UFO investigation now and the news, the reason that stays in the news is because of the involvement of the government. If this was a civilian organization, they probably wouldn't care. The, the, the runner-up is the uh, Avi Loeb's uh, Project Galileo, and that's got the involvement of Harvard, which is almost as much of royalty as the government. You know, we don't have royalty here in America, so our movie stars are, are the celebrities, and along with the, you know, whenever you get the government and politicians involved, that provides a hook the media can work with. And 
if you can have money and politics and money, money politics and the government all together, then then that that can sell some newspapers. So that in UFOs involved, that that'll get them back on the front pages. Well, it's kind of a double-edged sword, too, uh, you know, because you have this distrust of the government and the military. Are they telling the truth? Are they trying to hide something? Is it a disinformation campaign? What have you, as opposed to, well, these Navy accounts, they must be true because they're coming from the military. <laughs> I started to mention John T. Westwood. He was a military analyst for the NSA, and he worked for, oh, I've forgotten the name of the company, but it was actually a CIA contractor, which made me wonder, you know, if it wasn't a, you know, if he wasn't still doing government work for them. Well, anyway, after he retired from the government, he had a military analytics company something along the name the the lines of that for the name but he was doing ufo research and he worked with a number of people uh he investigated some of the some of the prominent sightings even did work for um robert bigelow's national institute for discovery science and he investigated a lot of things of the day the mj 12 documents which he thought were phony but he was a uh, he was a sincere believer in UFOs, but he came to believe what we were talked about at the beginning of the show that it was military behind not not faking it, but actually flying craft in secret. And he was um, convinced that some of the things like uh, the the spy craft development and even some of the uh, the Gulf War uh, reports of triangles were the early flights and things like that. So. It's interesting. I I looked at his work. I was unable to verify any of his conclusions, but it's interesting that someone that should have had access to quality access to quality material, maybe not classified material, would come to these conclusions after so long. So, and one of the things he was one of his specialties I I should mention was uh, electronic warfare. And, you know, he was convinced that some of the uh, the reports of UFOs stopping car engines and things like that were connected to this electronic warfare developments. Gosh, I mean, a lot of these cases of the uh, of UFOs stopping cars, I mean, you know, you can go as far back as, as the 1940s uh, for some of these cases. So, I mean, if, if that's the case, then this is a technology that they've been working on for quite a while. That yeah. Every time we, we we get into a discussion about man-made developments of a UFO-like craft, that you can probably find something in the 40s or maybe even before. You know, maybe go back to the airships and find something weird or something else in history. It just it can't explain all the historical sightings of UFOs and the behaviors and the effects on things around them. So. One of the things we can say is that the military, you know, since 1947 has been interested in what's been reported and the uh, the the at least the alleged performance of UFOs and to see if that is a development of a foreign nation and if it's something that's scientifically possible. And if it is, 
we want it. We want to be able to build it and duplicate the performance of the the, the flight and the the stealth and other characteristics. Well, and that's one of the things that uh, you know Nick Cook uh, pointed out was that uh, you know, there was a lot of of interest and press coverage of this interest, not only with the military but private corporations, uh, into um, fuel propulsion technology. And then at some point in the late 50s, all that information just suddenly stopped. Right. I recall with he was... Yeah, go ahead. He, he was particularly interested in the anti-gravity research that was pretty openly discussed at one point and seems to have just all gone quiet. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I mean, you know, his naturally his speculation was that uh, it it was put under all put under classified possibly because some kind of breakthrough had been achieved. Of course, that's a speculation. Yeah, I, you know, there's always rumors, of course. The B-2 bomber, I think, has been um, been cited as, as having been um, the recipient of advanced technology that from either that research or derived from, um, you know, extraterrestrial sources. We have another source here to check out. With Kurt Sheen and Tim, you're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you're like most Americans, you're pretty much in disbelief watching the world lose its mind. As we all know, global problems have local consequences. Too many of them. And if the next news headline spins us into chaos, are you ready? Grocery store supply chains are only as strong as their weakest link. Don't wait for them to break. Today's the day to secure emergency food for everyone in your family. My Patriot Supply is America's largest preparedness company. Our specially packaged and delicious food stays fresh for up to 25 years in storage. It'll be there when you need it. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and pick up several emergency food kits. There are a dozen different sizes that average over 2,000 calories per day. Our food kits are in stock and ship quickly and discreetly to your door. Having food storage in your home beats standing in government food lines. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com 
Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie Guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, If you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free, 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. This is how we do every day. We be grinding, and if you want to come and text us, If you love them enough to turn off your music and pretend like their music is your music. Ah, this is Mommy's Jam. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. Let's play it again. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Hey, when I think of alien technology, I think of some of the episodes of the TV show Stargate SG-1, where they would be building craft with a mixture of Earth and alien technology. But then, since we're talking about things like that, if something weird crashed at Roswell, and I'm not saying to take the book from Colonel O'Corso and Bill Burns seriously... Would we even be able to really do anything, especially if this technology is hundreds of years ahead of us? Well, delving into fiction again. So in the in the Superman comics, they didn't really explain things too much. But later they they had Superboy adventures when he was a boy and his crashed spaceship. They took uh, broken fragments from the now why the ship broke I don't I don't know but they took the broken uh, windshield and made glasses for him and his uh, adopted mother took the blanket and wove a, a costume for him out of it neither were, were the intended purpose for the material so you know maybe we would uh, we would find something and 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 use it in an unexpected way you know we would be too too primitive to understand the technological makeup but if it was a metal that we could use that was tougher than what we had we could do that or imitate it or something but you know i doubt we would uh, immediately understand the uh you know the propulsion system 
or whatever, whatever else. I mean, obviously we know how to sit in a chair if we could fit in it, but maybe uh, we couldn't make any of this, manufacture it. So there would be the potential to learn something, but I, I just don't think we would master it. Not, not right away. I always think of the movie uh, um, uh, Independence Day, where they had the uh, the crash flying saucer at Area 51, but they never knew how it worked until the uh, new armada came and it turned on automatically. So, I mean, you know, I, I think that's probably, if that was a true scenario with crashed uh, UFOs, uh, that would probably be more likely. <laughs> We wouldn't know what to do. We would bang on it with uh, with axes and crowbars, and that's about it. Yeah. Well, of course, take an iPhone and go back even 50 years and try to reverse engineer any of it. Heck, take a car. Take a 2022 car. You know, one of the more recent ones, like a Honda, VW, Toyota, doesn't have to be a real exotic car, with all its electronics, and take it to a mechanic back in, say, 1950, and it's doing something weird, and you tell the mechanic, figure it out. <laughs> right. You know, take an automobile back to the Stone Age, they may not be able to figure out how to open the hood or the trunk, or, or there would be limitations. Uh, you know, say if you took the iPhone, like you say, just just imagine, they might uh, they might look at the craftsmanship, and then they, you know, they might get nothing out of it, you know, except try to duplicate the, uh, the metalwork or something like that. They might not it might inspire them, but they might have no idea of it, of its operation and function. You know, it could be, but, you know, that's, I go, I made the, the comparison of the, the UFOs inspiring engineers. I, you know, I think that real aircraft developments have come from trying to duplicate uh, the flight of UFOs and the performance and uh, the stealth and, that is, you know, possibly the streamlining of, of aircraft and things like that. But we haven't gotten very good at uh, hovering and silent flight, for sure. Well, if you look at, you know, a lot of the reports of these objects, it's not like they're, they seem to be exactly the most, um, what's the term I'm thinking of? No, not flight ready, but... Uh, uh, when they, a lot of times when they're reported in the sky, you know, they're, they're, they're flopping around in the air. Uh, when they come into land, they land with a, like a falling leaf type of motion. Uh, at times, you know, not exactly uh, the most uh, uh, stable or uh, airworthy uh, <laughs> types of, um, uh, uh, of reports of these crafts. Well, that's, that's interesting that... That's kind of the fallen leaf motion's kind of been a, a forgotten element. I don't think it's been brought up in many recent cases. Um, and I think there was, I think the best explanation I had for that was, you know, they were designed for uh, interstellar flight or something like that. Not, you know, out, outside the atmosphere anyway, and, and not really uh, good for coming and for a landing. And they maybe it was a fluctuation of the magnetic field or something like that. That was. Uh, uh, you know, my the idea I had that 
the best for that was that these uh, phony saucers on strings that were were t- they'd taken a film of since they wobbled on the string that that maybe that was a cover story for for that. <laughs> Yeah, but there's there's been a lot of reports over the year from people who you know knew nothing about the UFO phenomena or you know a lot of these things that uh, you know people like us have have squirreled away in the back backs of our little brains and you know the falling leaf motion is 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 one of them. The other is the the changing of color of the lights when uh, the the objects uh, maneuver, slow down, speed up, that sort of thing. So um, one of the things I was uh, I, I saw someone recently attribute um, you know close encounters of, of the third kind was probably the the most influential UFO movie you know even above and beyond the the early ones and it, so I heard someone say recently though that they thought it was the first uh, movie depiction of benevolent aliens mm-hmm. and you know I, I just don't think that's the case now so i countered with um you know obviously that george adamski and, and other contactees even before adamski had suggested there were um uh, people from venus that were coming here but that didn't make it into the movies for a long time but um the closest i can think of is uh, the day the earth stood still although they did provide you know there was some menace involved they were people like us they had noble and peaceful intents and they wanted to stop our warlike ways but so i just kind of wanted to talk in general whether it was movies or not about the notion of of benevolent aliens yeah but you have to realize something here with day the earth stood still they weren't totally benevolent first class two stages this exercise where all power on earth is interrupted except in areas where it could endanger someone's life. Okay, benevolent. And then he meets with the scientists of earth and gives them a warning. Either come with us, join our galactic or planetary federation, or we're going to take you out because of your warlike ways. That's something, of course, that George Adamski and other contactees didn't pick up on the carrot and stick approach. It's the Space Brothers are here to help us rather than to harm us. As I said, in Day the Earth Stood Still, the Space Brothers were here to help us or harm us, depending on our response. We've got Tim, Kurt, and Gene. You're in. For the Pentecost. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com.
No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. USA Radio News. I'm Tony Marusso reporting. Former President Barack Obama, who twice won Wisconsin by large margins, is coming to the battleground state in the final days of the campaign to give a boost to the Democratic governor and challenger to Republican U.S. Senator Ron Johnson. Obama plans to hold an early vote event on October 29th in Milwaukee, the state's largest city and home to the largest group of African-American voters. Workers at an Apple store in Oklahoma City voted to unionize, marking the second unionized Apple store in the U.S. in a matter of months, according to the Federal Labor Board. The vote on Friday signaled another win for the labor movement, which has been gaining momentum since the pandemic. Americans from across the political spectrum say misinformation is increasing political extremism and hate crimes, according to a new poll that reflects broad and significant concerns about false and misleading claims ahead of next month's midterm elections. This is USA Radio News. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100 Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. Shopsupertea.com. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. Of course, guys, following the actual plot line of Day the Earth Stood Still wouldn't fit in with the agenda of the contactees. That's right. So I think, you know, part of the message was that, you know, we were 
uh, inferior or at least had not realized our potential and were, were on the, the wrong path and, and having, having the aliens be technologically and morally superior, almost angelic and peaceful and having these lofty goals, you know, that was something that we were supposed to, to aspire to. But, um, you know, I talked earlier about how, how regardless of whether something's true or not, there's, there's legends that persist. And that, that, that idea of the benevolent alien, you know, originally it was a humanoid, well, a human looking alien, I guess humanoid is sort of in between some other alien shape. But, you know, and then later we had the same sort of benevolent alien, supposedly that was more like a, uh, more like we've come to think of the grays. And, it's interesting how the interpretation of the the Betty and Barney Hill story, you know, originally these were these were menacing uh, inhuman aliens that were experimenting on us, but as Betty's story went on, she thought they didn't mean harm. The the fear and the pain they caused her during the examination, you know, was accidental. It was due to their their unfamiliarity with with humans, and she came to regard them as as as. Uh, peaceful and you know friendly and she was a support, supporter of contact and you know happy relations between the races the thing here also is supposedly Betty Hill had other experiences that may have shaped her view that's true um, she by all accounts I, you may have been at some of the convention I heard James Mosley talk about the films that she showed films and pictures she showed um and apparently she was basically interpreting any light in the sky as as an alien ship so she she was very willing to uh, to believe in that sort of thing but it, it's interesting the experiences that some people have had uh, afterwards um some people have a series of events and you know, Travis Walton, well, I think he finally did have another adventure. But the the primary story is it was one encounter, and and that was it. And um, the, in the Pascagoula abduction, I think uh, Charlie Hickson later claimed to have had subsequent contact, both um, telepathic and additional sightings, but none were as dramatic as the initial event. Um, but even even the people that don't um, that don't have further adventures, if we want to call it that. Some of them are, um, they're, some of them experience profound changes in their uh, philosophy and sometimes spirituality, if nothing else. So, Tim, have you, uh, can, have you met anyone that, that's had a, had a life-altering event as, uh, you know, they've changed their, their point of view of the universe and everything from uh, from seeing a UFO or any kind of experience like that. Well, it's you know it makes me think of 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 a case that that I worked on. God, this was this was years and years ago. Of of somebody here in Indiana, in fact, who um, had a. a, a a UFO land in front of his his car one night, and a uh, um, a, a being came out that he said looked like Jesus. 
and uh, and and this this was a guy who you know basically you know a no nonsense kind of guy no interest in ufo's or science fiction or anything like that you know he'd go to work come home have a beer you know uh, that's sort of they not a religious guy either yet after this encounter and I mean, and it wasn't really a spectacular encounter at all. This UFO landed in front of him. You know, uh, this, this guy he said it looked like Jesus came out, looked at him, turned around, went back in, and it flew away. But it profoundly changed his life. He became interested, you know, not only in the UFO phenomena, but he also became interested in, in religion as well and felt that there was some kind of connection uh, between Christianity uh, and, and you know, the UFO mystery. Uh, but on top of that, he also uh, developed an interest in like advanced mathematics and physics and you know stuff I mean, you know this this is a guy who barely made it through high school from from what he told me and yet now he was reading books uh uh you know about uh, uh, uh you know in you know interstellar you know interstellar travel but you know i mean not uh uh you know, pop books on this, but you know, very highly advanced, and and on top of that, it absolutely uh, ruined his family life. He eventually ended up uh, uh, getting a divorce uh, because his wife felt that um, he was not the same person anymore. So wow. yeah, that yeah, that uh, it 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 profoundly changed his life, and not for the not for the good either. Wow. So Gene mentioned Jim Mosley earlier. So Jim Mosley lived in Florida and he had an interest in the, the Ed Walters case in Gulf Breeze. And, you know, he he was following up on that. And uh, Walters had a series of events and lots of photographs taken. And one of the things that made uh, Jim su suspicious in the Ed Walters case was that uh, despite all these events, uh, Walter seemed unaffected. You know, he didn't have a change in spirituality or curiosity about the universe at all. So he, uh, that was, and, and he had met all these famous contactees from the fifties, and he had met George Adamski and Howard Menger and and oh. Everyone and had gone to the the huge conventions at Giant, Giant Rock and had seen uh, these people. Some of which were uh, very filled with spirituality, and apparently that was uh, night and day difference between them and, uh, and Ed Walters. So he 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 found that uh, to be a big red flag. What amazed me here is that Bruce Maccabee, a scientist with, we assume, a pretty high skill set, believed in the Ed Walters claims. But, well, and subjected his um, photographs to analysis and, and had him test with a different camera. And, you know, it's not that he just believed. He experimented and continued to believe. Now, I don't know if anyone else uh, was convinced by the by the tests and his analysis, but 
he's uh, um, he, he believed, and some people have pointed to the fact that he was involved with one of the book deals, and maybe that was a motivating factor. But I don't know that that's interesting. Um, and you look at uh, Dr. Maccabee's work, and he has he has debunked some things, so it's not like he just universally supports any UFO photograph. Uh, he's come down on on different sides of the issues, so uh, that is puzzling. Um, it, it's strange, but you know, I think the majority of people now regard Ed Walter's episode as a hoax, but continue to think that the other witnesses who saw things, because there were many other people seeing uh, UFOs and golf wreaths at the time, which, you know, makes me wonder, maybe, you know, if Ed Walters, well, I think probably was a hoaxer, maybe he took, uh, he saw there was UFO activity and he, you know, his photographs were, he didn't, he didn't create the wave. He capitalized on it by making these photographs and telling these stories. We have many more stories to talk about. With Gene and Kurt and Tim, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the protectors find out more at rockoids.com that's rockoids r-o-c-k-o-i-d-s dot com stock market have you nervous with massive fluctuations with the impact of inflation and the upcoming midterm elections it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next but with vantage point you won't have to guess text money to 813813 to find out how you can forecast market trend changes with up to 87.4 percent proven accuracy that's right 87.4 percent text the word money to 813813 and find the consistency and confidence you've been looking for in your trading vantage points patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds no more guessing when to get in or out of a trade text money to 813813 we'll send you a link to our free live training protect your hard-earned capital with vantage point trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors past results do not guarantee future performance by texting the word demo you agree to the terms available at vantagepointsoftware.com terms and consent to receive calls and text using automated technology or pre-recorded voice about offers or info by or on behalf of vantage point your consent is not a condition of purchase and can be revoked at any time message and data rates may apply text money to 813813 Do you need to get your hands on some extra money right now? Maybe 25000 or more? If you're a homeowner, now is a perfect time to get cash out while homes in many neighborhoods like yours have gone up in value. You can use the money for anything. It's yours. You can buy an investment property, pay off higher interest debt, or make home improvements. If you need 25000 50000 or more, now is the time. 
Home values are up, and so is your equity. We offer you a way to use it. No need to use your savings. Call New American Funding now and see how much cash out you can get. Call 800-721-2477. 800-721-2477. That's 800-721-2477. NMLS 6606. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is not an offer or commitment to lend. Subject to borrower and property qualifications. Not all borrowers will qualify. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing opportunity. Hey, y'all. Jeff Foxworthy here. Now, if you've ever found yourself repeating the same thing over and over for 75 years, you might be Smokey Bear. Only you can prevent wildfires. That's why I'm filling in for Smokey to switch things up, because there's a lot more to say. And I should know because my grandfather was a firefighter. And one of the things he taught me is that the people that love the outdoors the most are often the ones accidentally starting wildfires, which means always BYOB. <laughs> no, bring your own bucket to the campfire. And be extra careful with things like burning yard trimmings. Don't just walk away, or chances are you might be starting a wildfire. So for the love of the outdoors, go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. If you're just tuning in, we're having kind of a shop talk session with Kurt Collins, Tim Swartz, and yours truly, Gene Steinberg. And you're not. And we're covering a lot of ground here. We start off with such sightings as Rendlesham, whether some of these sightings are due to test aircraft, about abductions. And one thing that bothers me supremely about abductions, and I ask this question, as Tim knows, over and over again until I'm blue in the face, and my face isn't blue yet, but it'll get there. And that is, they all say, all the abductees we talked to, or most of them, that the entities or beings they meet are capable of some kind of mind control. But they cite this suppressed memory where you see the owl with big glowing eyes, and that means that you have a suppressed memory of an abduction. And the thing I ask, and I never get an answer to, is if E.T. or the forces behind these abductions is so capable of mind control, how can we believe anything Andy detail about this experience? It may be just an illusion they generate for some reason or another. Maybe they are doing experimentations with earthlings, but we don't know what they did because they would have to be pretty primitive not to be able to suppress a memory that can easily be recovered with hypnotic regression. What do you guys think? Well, it does make you kind of wonder because in those 60s, 60s cases, so many of them, there was an automobile involved. And then in the later, in the 80s cases, they were abducted from their beds. And I'm a little, I'm a little more inclined to believe something happened in the ones in the automobile because I don't think they just went to sleep on the road. 
the bed abductions, I think those could all be internal experiences, you know, whether they were caused by some sort of entity, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm less inclined to think so. But, yeah, if if you start thinking, when I mentioned earlier about that, Dr. Heineck thinking about the helicopters and the cash landrum is as far as being a mental projection. If you were dealing with uh, some entity that can do that and is capable of mind control, yeah, what good is our witness testimony? We just we have nothing to work with. It's just it might as well be a dream. Well, and one of the other differences too with the abduction cases involving uh, uh, happening outside in a car as opposed to somebody being taken from the bedroom is that a lot of these cases with the car is that there was more than one witness, you know, like Betty and Barney Hill. Uh, but a lot of these uh, uh, cases are, are usually at least two, you know, maybe three or four that, uh, that all had a similar experience, even though their memories may not be exactly the same most of the time everybody would agree that something you know weird did happen to them so we have a lot fewer cases though of of encounters with documents friendly or otherwise than, than we used to is it happening less or are just people unwilling to talk about it you know, do they do they not want to be uh, subjected to examination and celebrity for good or bad? Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, that's a good question. I mean, you know, I I think these cases are still occurring, uh, and it just may be that uh, the information just isn't getting out like it used to. Uh, you know, uh, investigators are not interested in in looking into them. I mean, you know, uh, one reason that is unless these cases involve the typical, you know, little grays with the big eyes. If it's if the you know so-called uh, uh, beings look different, then a lot of times the, those reports are rejected. So, I mean, you know, we may be seeing some kind of, you know, a, a bias going on. And as well, I mean, right now, everybody's hot and heavy, you know, on the whole uh, uh, Navy and, and, and military UFO encounters. And, you know, the the rest are just kind of getting cast to the wayside, I think. Well, you're, you're right about that. Um, you know, Leslie Kane and the, the, the people that support her point of view, they, uh, although she's you know, she had a relationship with Bud Hopkins, who is an alien investigator and and a abduction researcher. Uh, she's put aside those sorts of things in order to concentrate on the military related cases, because that's something that science would be a little more willing to accept. And it's been pretty successful so you know maybe maybe the next wave is to to get back into some of these weirder uh encounter cases well it could be also that you know these you know the abduction cases the you know the cases of, of people seeing occupants out you know outside of these craft are back to the it's just too weird category 
when the these military cases well i mean yeah that you know that that could be true because you know it involves the military i mean nobody the military isn't saying that they saw you know little gray guys uh, through the windows of these craft piloting around you know they're just uh, you know tic tac uh you know what have you objects and it doesn't get into those high strangeness cases that really underlie the majority of the uh, uh, you know of the UFO mystery. Yeah. So uh, the military cases, of course, you know, we're supposed to have um, the uh, the radar data and um, you know sometimes photographs and. You know, sometimes trace evidence and things like that. So they're supposed to where there's an expectation of, you know, the credibility of the witness and, you know, equipment involved is is sort of additional uh, tangible evidence. Uh, and so, you know, even back in the, the days of Project Blue Book, they were barely interested in a single witness case. You know, they just didn't think that there was anything to work with there. They needed at least. You know, two or three witnesses before you you could be sure that it wasn't just a, a yarn that someone was telling. Well, and, and look how long it really, I mean, it took for researchers to, you know, actually seriously start looking into the whole you know, UFO occupant uh, 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 field. I mean, I think uh, maybe it was, you know, Jim and Coral Lorenza who, who wrote one of the first books called ufo occupants in fact <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i you know, frank edwards had a couple of reports but i mean he he stressed that uh you know he didn't feel that it, it was really too too legitimate and then again stan friedman touted the documents from mj12 he touted them as he touted them as genuine until I guess his final days. You couldn't yep. get him to budge, no matter what evidence he produced. He would not budge off it. Yeah, so you know, I, I asked around, and as best I can tell, um, the um, there have been a few fake UFO documents over the years, and I mean a lot more in recent. Uh, at one point, though, UFO investigation was not based on, on documents at all. Mm-hmm. And one of, one of the first documents of any kind was the Straith letter. And we've talked about that before on the show. But that that was produced as a as a joke on George Adamski by uh, Jim Mosley and Gray Barker, where they claimed that a State Department official was secretly supporting the work that he was doing. And Adamski touted it as a as a, um, you know, a unofficial endorsement, you know, even though it was meant to be a a joke private letter. Uh, So that was maybe the first fake UFO document. And I don't know who first um, faked a government document, uh, but and I think it started around 1980 and they, they just came at there was just tons of them after that. And the MJ-12 is the most famous and influential. And you'll notice that the thing it supported was um, it was basically uh, uh, supposed to, I think it was to uh, to prop up the Roswell story. So whoever had motive to promote the Roswell story was behind that. And I think there's a pretty small pool of suspects. We don't want to say William Moore 
We don't want to say <laughs> Bill Doty. We don't want to say those names because we can't prove that they were responsible. But after Moore admitted to doing some disinformation for the government, who knows? Tim, Gene, Kurt, you're in. The Pericast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So sad that we have the woods, for example. Was that father and son touting all these documents that allegedly have some kind of official connection? And then we have MJ-12, and I was kind of... Sad, we were interviewing a few weeks back Debbie Ziegelmeyer. She's the underwater UFO expert who works with MUFON. And she comes out with MJ-12. And I thought, she still thinks it's real? I guess because Stan Friedman wrote a column for the MUFON newsletter, and maybe she just was taken in by that. But she seemed very surprised over that, didn't dispute it. But we haven't heard from her since then. Mm-hmm. And after the Paracast, we kind of disassembled a few things. And I don't know. I haven't heard from her. Have you, Tim? No. No, I have not. 
But I think that a lot of people, because of uh, of Friedman's endorsement of the MJ12 papers, rather than doing the research themselves, I I think that uh, when they they heard Stanton Friedman endorsing the MJ12 papers, they would be like, who am I to argue with this guy? You know, I mean, he uh, this is somebody who should know what's going on. So uh, I think that rather than doing the research themselves, they just uh, you know took Stanton uh, Friedman's word for it. The, I learned a term a few years ago that I probably should have known if I, if I had a better education: pious fraud. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that's like say when a when a priest will fake a miracle to make people believe uh and he believes himself but he thinks that sharing the belief is more valuable than well you know he will sin in order to 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 spread the good word and i think that some of the some of these people with spreading these documents and are hoaxing ufo photos and films i think some of them are, are the same way and uh and and there's another term, uh, ostension, that like the the crop circle makers, they they think they're actually participating in something. You know, it's not exactly like they're live action role playing. It, it's sort of like helping bring it to life and share it. Uh, yeah, I don't understand exactly what that's about, but another another way to look at it in a way is counterfeiting. Just because somebody's counterfeiting doesn't mean that the real thing isn't isn't there but you know we know now that there are probably phony paintings in almost every museum it's hard to tell them apart and sometimes the curators really don't want to know because they mean removing a, a, a attraction that's popular well, the thing that I always found about the MJ-12 papers is that you know, whomever was responsible for putting them together obviously had some kind of knowledge on how you know the military and the government you know uh, produces these kinds of of documents. I mean, you know, they're put together well enough that you know they they fooled a lot of people, but you know there there seem to be almost deliberate errors put into these things. Just to, uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> you know, again, it's back, back to that conversation about disinformation. A little bit of truth, a lot of lies. It's up to you to figure out which is which. That's, yeah, that's a big problem. And the, there had, before the MJ 12 documents came out and the people that were supposedly involved, some of those people, or at least the kinds of people, had been suggested that to be part of a, of, of a, um, a, a panel that would have controlled and the UFO investigations. So it's, it's been speculated that that, that information was, was crafted based on both knowledge and speculation to come up with something plausible. I mean, it was a list of real people. They were scientists connected to government. So it did seem plausible in that sense. And, you know, a lot of people already believe the the reality of of UFO crashes and things. But it was all just too neatly packaged and, and too good to be true.
I also think the use in MJ-12 of Donald Menzel as being a member of the group may have been an inside joke. Mm. Or they say, well, this guy is the arch-UFO skeptic, so he was really quietly a believer and just pretending not to believe in UFOs. And they cited the fact that he was an intelligence personage in World War II as an example. Well, you see, he did that. He must be lying about this. Yeah, that was uh, that was something that, that was odd because, I mean, he was such a notorious, uh, you know, people don't, don't realize today. And, and I, it's been so long now, people, some people aren't, won't recognize it named Phil Class, but he was the Phil Class of his day. I think people know uh, maybe Robert Schaefer and, and Mick West and a few people like that as skeptics today. And and Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson is, is uh, skeptical of UFOs, but that's a very small thing of what he talks about. But it's the equivalent of having uh, Tyson on, on MJ-12 today. It was like it, he was a prominent uh, scientist. And, you know, if you... Harvard professor that was often interviewed in the media. He was very outspoken publicly. So it was it was kind of he was almost too prominent to be believable in that role. The other aspect of the MJ-12 papers is that whoever's been putting them out, whether it's you know one group or a bunch of different groups, they've been really prolific on it. I mean, yeah, of course, the originals were just uh, um, on film. There was no actual physical papers. But then the ones that came out later, I, oh my gosh, I mean, it was just like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of pages of these things. You know, who's got the time <laughs> and why to put all of this stuff out. You know, it's just, you know, I, even though I do think that, you know, the whole MJ uh, 12 and, and Magic Papers, you know, is a hoax, for for what ends? You know, usually there's got to be, usually money, but, but there doesn't seem to be, you know, anybody really making any profits off of these things. Not really. So, you know, for what purpose? Well, that's kind of interesting. We, we there, there have been some UFO hoaxes that have been jokes, and there have been some that have been um, bids for attention. And so the, there was a book in the 50s that was an imitation of, of George Adamski's book, um, Cedric Allingham. Um, was it, it was it had Mars in the title. Does, do either of you remember that one? Mm, yeah, I, I know the book you're talking about, but I can't remember what, can't remember the well, title of it now. Okay, so, Cedric Allingham, or Cedric Allingham, take your own poison, wrote a book in 1954 called Flying Saucer from Mars. So it was a hoax. It was by a British astronomer, a famous British astronomer, Patrick Moore. He had a friend pose as the alleged scientist, took a picture with with uh, Moore's uh, telescope and faked a couple of UFO pictures. And he did this, uh, I think, as a parody. But, you know, the book probably still has some believers out there. It, It was just... And it was the same kind of thing as George Adamski, a friendly visitor from an ancient race that was, you know, benevolent and shared some knowledge. And 
Um, uh, it's just like it was so much of a copycat. I'm surprised that that anyone ever paid any attention to it because they basically had read it before, but it was just had some British flavor to it. Kurt Collins will be back for the episode of After the Paracast, which is part of the Paracast Plus streaming package. And a reminder, if you're not signed up with Paracast Plus, go to theparacast.plus, theparacast.plus, for more information. We've got some more flavor here with Gene, Tim, and Kurt. You're in The Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you have brain fog or loss of short-term memory? Do you suffer from symptoms of hypothyroidism or adrenal fatigue? Do you have deformative joint disease or candida overgrowth? All of these symptoms are associated with mercury toxicity. Most of the mercury toxicity comes from having had gray or silver-looking dental fillings. It does not matter how old the mercury filling is, it still off-gasses 1,000 times more mercury than the EPA considers safe for human exposure. Just replacing your mercury fillings with non-toxic material is only the first step. Unless you apply an effective detoxification protocol, then your body is still poisoned with mercury for the rest of your life. Green Metal Way supplies the precursor to making glutathione. Glutathione is the number one mechanism for removing mercury and other toxins from the body. Order Green Metal Way and get my free report, Mercury Detoxification That Works. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit bestwayprotein.net. That's bestwayprotein.net. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart 
a birth certificate, and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. I'm about to give you a life-changing URL that if you will simply visit it and give these tax consultants a call, it will change your life. Whether you're a blue-collar worker or whether you're a school teacher or whether you're a scientist or whether you're a millionaire, almost no one out there is taking advantage of legal, lawful tax loopholes. Go to GCNTaxCut.com. It takes you right to American Tax Solutions, and they will give you an amazing preview of what they can do for you. GCNTaxCut.com. GCNTaxCut.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. If you go up on Wikipedia, there's a photo of someone next to an astronomer by the name of Peter Davies. And apparently he's the guy who became Cedric or Cedric Allingham. You have to wonder, you know, was this maybe a joke that originally was supposed to have been exposed to discredit? Because Moore thought all this was nonsense. He was he was very much interested in space exploration and promoter of science, but he was not a supporter of these flying saucer stories of people from Venus and Mars. So was this was his original intent for it to discredit? So I wonder if I was just throwing that out as a possibility of something maybe that was deliberately in, intended to discredit, although the plan maybe have fallen through. And there have been a few times where people have played jokes. I remember there was a famous one, now I forget the particulars, but someone had called on a radio show and had asked one of these contactees to, to verify his own sighting. And the guy that called in said, well, you know, mine is fake, so yours must be too. <laughs> Play played a trick. So, but. You know, if there's been a big operation, you know, by by the government, I I don't know know about it. Can can either of you think of any examples that that were that were fake to 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 embarrass the UFO community? You mean not done by Jim Mosley and Gray Barker? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there's. I don't know if there was any to embarrass the UFO community, but I mean, you know, you've got you've got the whole Paul Benowitz thing, which was you know meant to uh, send him in a different direction rather than looking at the, uh, uh, the the Kirtland Air Force Base and possible secret drone activity that was going on at the time where he thought they were aliens, but that was. That wasn't intended to embarrass him, but though it actually ended up driving him crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but he also had a little bit of help in being driven crazy. 
Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> lots and lots of help. I sort of thought of one, uh, although you know, I'm going to struggle to, with the names. Uh, a Warminster in, uh, I think it was either late 60s or early 70s, there was a rash of signings and some skeptics. They basically planted somebody in in the group, and I think they had a, a had a light flash on a hill, and they pretended to take a photograph, and it was already a photograph they had staged. And later they showed the picture, and there were some obvious differences that they thought people should spot between the light that was seen and the the flying saucer in the picture but it was basically accepted uncritically by the by the ufo community but i don't think that they set out to uh, to embarrass uh i think they just wanted to prove that witness testimony was unreliable but that, that's kind of the closest thing that i can think of to a, a, a the, the gotcha or embarrassment you know the hopes to contaminate the field but, you know, there's some, been some things that have unintentionally uh, served the same purpose. Some pretty transparent hoaxes. <laughs> One in connection with the the famous Pascagoula sighting. There was a there was a, a cab driver who claimed that a, a a clawed alien had accosted him in his cab, and later it surfaced that it was a covers that he had actually fallen asleep on the job, and somehow he thought. With all this UFO activity, that story would uh, get him out of trouble with his boss. It didn't. It didn't work. And he became, you know, a kind of a laughing stock uh, in the day's news over that. I just wonder how many unheralded hoaxes there are out there. I want to go back to Orfeo Angelucci and his case, because Nick Redfern has talked about that. And Nick will be back on the Powercast in the very, very near future because he has a new book just came out. So the story is here that Orfeo Angelucci is meeting up in a diner with some military muckety-muck or a soldier or something, and he drinks a beverage into which some kind of pill is placed. And I think of the line from Paul McCartney in A Day in a Life, and he went into a dream. <laughs> So his, I don't remember the specifics of his encounter, but he was, uh, uh, he was very. Um, I remember his story is a very spiritual one. He he took a real religious overtone to everything. So, whereas you know a lot of I don't didn't feel like from what I've read about him, I I, I never met him. I then uh, Jim Mosley described him, or I've read other accounts that. They thought that he was a sincere fellow, and they believed he believed his story, whereas some of these other people just kind of, you, you just wondered if they were like a sideshow salesman. But apparently he convinced a number of people. So it, I'm not sure about the likelihood of him having been drugged, but that there were some earlier accounts of the, uh, oh, gosh, I'm trying to think it. With, with the the religion, the I am movement, they were talking about meeting Venusians, and they they were given you know some sort of a drink as part of their story. It was it was almost more like a uh, you know religious thing, you know, drink from this cup. So there's there's some some similarity there. 
And I wonder here, when you talk about things like that, how much an MK Ultra was screwing with the minds of individuals to create such experiences, maybe with what they feel is a worthwhile effort to see how people would react to genuine alien contact. And since you can't produce an alien contact by will, although there may be aliens out there, you fake one. Oh, boy. So, Tim, are you familiar with the the encounters people have had with, you know, when they've taken these psychoactive substances? Because they've had, you know, alien-like experiences. I've heard quite a bit about it, but I don't have any firsthand knowledge. I can't even have the terminology for it. Oh yeah, well, I mean, there's the uh, the popular one that's now is with uh, what is it uh, uh, the the drug MDMA, where uh, people will claim to meet the machine elves, uh, which are you know like uh, beings in this this other uh, realm who are uh, there to help uh, uh, guide the, uh, the 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 spiritual cosmonauts, uh, uh, so to speak. But uh, but yeah, see now with Angelusi, you know, I mean, he was having these experiences supposedly, you know, before he was drugged in that cafe. So you know, it just always made me wonder because you know the 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 MK Ultra and uh, some of these other mind control uh, uh, research that was going on at the time was uh, looking into LSD as a form of truth syrup. Let's go on with more of that in our next segment with Tim and Gene and Kurt. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. USA Radio News. Republican Arizona Attorney General Mark Bronovich has asked the IRS and FBI to review the financials of the conservative nonprofit group True the Vote for allegedly raising money on false statements about widespread voter fraud in the 2020 election. Los Angeles County is launching mobile medical clinics for the homeless. 
Dr. Mehmet Oz says he's supporting President Joe Biden on marijuana pardons and opposes federal mandatory minimum prison sentences. The GOP nominee for Senate in Pennsylvania spoke in an interview with NBC News. If going to jail for marijuana is not a wise move for the country. So you support the president's move there? I think that the move is a rational move, yeah. This is USA Radio News. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I was thinking based on what you said here that Angelucci had these experiences before that particular one where he drinks that beverage, but he may have been given that substance in other ways not being aware of it it could be in a cookie or something or a pancake this is this is true but uh, you know usually when somebody is dosed without their knowledge i mean it's it's not an experience that you forget and it's also it's generally a situation where you don't mistake what's going on for reality you know, so I mean, you know, I, I think that it would be unlikely that you know that that he would be dosed and then you know uh, think that he was having real in, encounters. Uh, while you know the one at the cafe, I mean, you know, he he knew that something unusual and and medicinal was was going on. If one of these medications, Tim, put him in a very suggestive state. Right. They could have then 
generated whatever image they wanted. It was dependent on what he took, just getting him in a point where they could tell him, this is what's happening to you. Possibly, you know, because I mean that was uh, that was one of the goals that they that they were trying to do uh, uh, using drugs and, and 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 other methods was to try to manipulate people's minds to the extent that they thought they were experiencing reality, but not only that, then be easily manipulated uh, to do. Uh, uh, the wishes of the uh, of the controllers, you know, like a Maturian candidate uh, uh, type uh, of situation. So, I mean, you know, you could very well be seeing some of these uh, UFO encounter cases, especially with uh, some of these uh, contactees, uh, where they were dosed with experimental hallucinogenics and actually made to believe that their experiences. Uh, uh, were real and then to report on it, write about it, whatever, for whatever purposes. Who knows? And it's also possible that there's a natural tendency once you think you've experienced something to enhance the story on the retelling. So maybe has there been a, an examination of how many UFO stories came out of, uh, of, of say, the Woodstock scene? Or, you know, of course, there was a I understand that hallucinogenics, hallucinogenics were um, pretty popular at uh, uh, with the uh, UFO conventions at Giant Rock in California back in the, the late '50s and early '60s. So, but I, I just don't think you know the they already had a, had the UFO belief. I just don't. I, there may be some overlap in manipulation and misunderstanding reality, but I don't think that's generated a lot of UFO stories. Well, a lot of people in show business, especially rock singers, and I know a few, are particularly interested in UFOs. Of course, we all know the story of John Lennon in the 1970s with his then-girlfriend May Pang on a hiatus from Yoko Ono, where he was naked with May and they saw a UFO. But apparently he had taken drugs. They had taken drugs. So we can think maybe that would have influenced them. But then again, what was it, Sammy Hagar, supposedly a UFO abductee? We have, for example, the guy from the Trogs, Reg Presley. The Trogs, of course, had that song Wild Thing from the 60s, written by John Voight's brother. But anyway... He wrote a book about UFOs and crop circles in the early 2000s, and this was not too many years before he died. So by the time I heard of the book, we couldn't get him on. But then again, another example of someone in rock music being involved one way or another in UFOs. So um, it was UFOs and celebrities and musicians and even politicians, you know, almost almost. Any, every walk of life has experienced them, um, you know. And some of them, well, I think that celebrities, maybe we should pay a little less attention to their sightings. But um, and, and they're prompted by different things, you know. Especially though, when you get to the the wrong musicians, you, you have to wonder with the hours they keep and the substances that are involved. You know, it's they may get a little overexcited. It's not that they didn't see anything, but, you know, their imagination could have been at play there. 
It also is a double-edged sword. They have the prominence to be listened to by some people, not just an unknown. But then again, because of the nature of their lifestyles, you don't believe them. Exactly. Well, from the research that I have done, you know, over the years, uh, uh, people who have taken uh, hallucinogenics, uh, both in just, you know, uh, for entertainment or uh, have been part of, um, you know, research, uh, you know, it's 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 a misnomer to, uh, you know, this belief that, you know, people see, you know, that, that they have hallucinations that appear to them to you know to be to be real or you know of, of unearthly types of, of, of characteristics you know it's like the old meme of the uh, uh, alcoholic scene pink elephants you know uh, that sort of thing now you know, I'll couch that by saying that this is the exception with uh, uh, M- uh, MDMA, which seems to be that is the predominant uh, uh, basis of its trip is that it seems to take you into an alternate reality where you are able to communicate uh, with, uh, you know, interdimensional beings. But, you know, MDMA is different from, you know, all the, you know, all the other hallucinogenics. So I think to, you know, to say that, you know, people who are tripping would have a better tendency to, you know, uh, see UFOs or to see, you know, UFO or unearthly occupants, you know, it's probably more fiction than reality. The basic perception of what you're saying, Tim, is if you take a hallucinogenic, what you see is not real. And that's the assumption. You're not seeing anything real. You're not going to some place where you see a real phenomenon. You're just making it up. Yeah, and most, you know, the the there's actually several books that have been written that actually detail the types of hallucinations that people ex- have a tendency to experience under different kinds of, of uh, recreational drugs. You know, it's very interesting. I mean, you know, like LSD, probably the most uh, uh, reported is the melting of objects. You know, it looks like that, you know, the, the chair or the walls are, are melting or that you're say like your limbs are extending themselves but very rarely are there reports of you know seeing ufos or or you know weird beings or ghosts or things like that which i mean you know you would think that that would be very common especially like ghosts and other types of of uh, paranormal beings but uh, that actually rarely happens my experiences with hallucinogenic drugs is long ago and far away. Yeah, I did it. I lived in the 60s and 70s and took those things. And most of it was enhanced perceptions of everything. Everything was brighter. Colors were brighter. Rock music was better if you had the right kind of rock music. That sort of thing. Everything was a little bit extreme. I don't remember anything melting. That may have been only me. <laughs> Maybe I didn't like the Wicked Witch of the West, and therefore I couldn't think that I was melting, or the things around me were melting. I'm melting. No, I don't want to do that. I always thought it was expanded sensory input, 
Now, before we go on, I don't want to say that we're going to spend a lot of time talking about my experiences back in the 1960s or 1970s and the people I knew, but we got more with Kurt, Tim, and Gene. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Do you have brain fog or loss of short-term memory? Do you suffer from symptoms of hypothyroidism or adrenal fatigue? Do you have deformative joint disease or candida overgrowth? All of these symptoms are associated with mercury toxicity. Most of the mercury toxicity comes from having had gray or silver-looking dental fillings. It does not matter how old the mercury filling is, it still off-gasses 1,000 times more mercury than the EPA considers safe for human exposure. Just replacing your mercury fillings with non-toxic material is only the first step. Unless you apply an effective detoxification protocol, then your body is still poisoned with mercury for the rest of your life. Green Metal Way supplies the precursor to making glutathione. Glutathione is the number one mechanism for removing mercury and other toxins from the body. Order Green Metal Way and get my free report, Mercury Detoxification That Works. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit bestwayprotein.net. That's bestwayprotein.net. Radio. Why should I advertise on radio? There's nothing to look at, no pictures. Listen, you can do things on radio you couldn't possibly do on TV. That'll be the day. All right, watch this. Okay, people, and now when I give you the cue, I want the 700-foot mountain of whipped cream to roll into Lake Michigan, which has been drained and filled with hot chocolate. Then the Royal Canadian Air Force will fly overhead, towing a 10-ton maraschino cherry, which will be dropped into the whipped cream to the cheering of 25,000 extras. All right, cue the mountain. Now, you want to try that on television? Well... You see, radio is a very special medium because it stretches the imagination. Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. Extendivite really works. Here's just a few testimonials from Amazon. RL, five stars. Been taking this for two months now. I feel better. Have more energy. April. My husband started taking Extendivite, and he said he feels much better and has more energy. EW. Need to try. Everyone needs this for their health. Great product. 
great people. Josie, it works great. This product has made my blood pressure and cholesterol stable. I highly recommend it. JC, great product has worked well these last few years. To get your Extendivite today, go to Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Or call us at 1-877-928-8822. Extend your life with Extendivite. This is me, the Merciless. You are listening to the Paracast. The gold standard of paranormal radio, exactly according to my plan. So what's your perception of all this, Kurt, all this drug talk? I don't think many many of those experiences are going to come out in UFO signings. And as far as other substances, I think alcohol is going to make you miss seeing a UFO, but maybe more likely to make a prank phone call that you did. And uh, I wonder about, uh, so uh, marijuana, you're not going to see a UFO, but you may be afraid the men in black are after you. <laughs> the increase Maybe in a- paranoia, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so no, I don't, I, I don't think a substantial number of, of UFO cases come from that. But I think, you know, going back to the uh, Angelucci story, we do have to wonder if maybe in a few cases there's been manipulation. You know, if it was a staged experience. I, there was a, at least one episode of the old Mission Impossible show where they crafted a, a UFO encounter to to mislead someone. And one one of their schemes are always putting someone in a false situation and get getting a confession or you know tricking the diamonds or whatever out of them. That involved a big big set of mind games, but that involves a lot of players and stage play and potential evidence behind. So I can't imagine that's that common a scenario yeah the the only one case that i that i know of that goes against what we've been saying is you know um, adam gorightly often talks about uh, uh, when he was younger him and a friend took i think it was lsd and then you know went out at night to sit on the levee and watch the stars and saw all kinds of bizarre ufos all kinds of different shapes and sizes and almost like cartoon uh like things flying around but the odd thing about it was is that both of them were seeing the same things you know it wasn't just you know one of them was seeing something and the other one was seeing something else no they were comparing notes as it was all going on so i mean that was a very strange story. Oh, well, if you want to make it stranger still, so what if they these entities, you know, do have the ability to mess with your mind? Wouldn't they pick some like those two to really have fun with? <laughs> <laughs> You're assuming here that ET or whatever it is, they're entertaining themselves. That could well be. It would explain the torment of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. This is a theory that you just brought up, which is unlike what we've discussed, which is the attitude of E.T., do they, if they exist, have senses of humor? (laughs) And we never think about that. What is the kind of humor that a being from another planet might like? They might be just like us. They might be humanoid from some other world. And they have a sense of humor. And they're playing games with us. 
or they're testing us, or basically these are E.T.'s children playing games with the primitives on Earth. You know, if you went back and read some UFO encounters with that perspective, where they have basically played chase or keep away or things like that, it would it would explain some. Uh, you know, some would fit. I mean, it's not an impossible situation. I mean, just think when you our fighter pilots have played pranks on people below and snuck up to an airliner and turned their lights on or, you know, blasted the afterburner and done things like that to surprise them. So there are some that definitely sound like pranks. Does E.T. have a sense of humor? Oh, you know, Douglas Adams wrote about that in uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where at one point uh, they described uh, uh, interplanetary teenagers who would uh, uh, fly to uh, newly developing planets and land in front of, you know, the the, the occupants of that planet, uh, dressed up in aluminum foil, walking around going beep, beep, and, <laughs> you know, and then flying away again. So, you know, it's, uh, I don't think that it's a uh, uh, too outrageous of a theory. <laughs> Oh, boy. We're the subject of Halloween pranks. It's like, oh, yeah, so we're going to give you the most amazing secret ever and no evidence whatsoever of it. Okay, this farmer from Wisconsin, Joe Simonton, back in the 1960s, his craft lands and individuals he sees look Italian, evidently. They want to trade things that they have for water. They can't get water unless some farmer who nobody knows in the Midwest hands it to them. That's the only way they can find water. And they hand him some pancakes. Now, when the pancakes are tested, not terribly tasty, but they are made of conventional ingredients. E.T., well, they're not very good cooks. And you think here, what's the point of all this? First of all, I don't recall any other episodes similar that got publicity. Simonton was not a nutcase. He was considered a pretty responsible person. So what was going on there? You know, going with the prank theory, when they leave behind uh, evidence, is it do they make the point that it's always made out of contemporary local materials that that do not defy technical analysis? That would be a, a joke on us. Well, you know, when you're taking us back to the remnants of ufos trace evidence how much trace evidence is there that is a hundred percent proven to be from an otherworldly origin where is it we hear about suggestions well maybe this isn't quite the proper makeup of magnesium or something there was that sighting i forget which one it was in south america that APRO touted back in the 1960s. And the point being here is the fragments it left were made of a material that was superior to the alloys that we made, at least the ones they knew about. Maybe somebody's doing some testing. Whatever it is, we have Ted Phillips, for example, the late Ted Phillips, and we had someone on the show some time back who worked with Ted Phillips. And the big thing about it is Where is the proof? You have all this trace evidence of UFO reality. Where, pray tell, is the proof that's from ET sources? And there isn't any. We look at the supposed alien implants. And I believe last I heard Jacques Vallée was looking into something like that. 
with Paula Harris. I'm waiting for the fantastic announcement. Hey, this is from ET. It's a advanced technology, cannot be duplicated on Earth. Well, the the problem there is that when they have found something that that is ex- apparently exotic, there there's no proof that it came from a flying object of any sort. You know, we only have the person's word for it. You know, we know that there's a there's a genuine UFO mystery. That there's always been the problem of proving, you know, that something was there, that the stories are true, uh, you know, and so you know we're left, we're waiting, we're still waiting and hoping. Wishing and hoping is the song. Kurt Collins, where do we find more of your stuff? The saucers that Tom forgot and blue blurry lines. That's blue blurry lines. Dot com, just like it's spelled. And it's a great source of information. This guy is really great researcher. In fact, he'll be back for after the Paracast for Paracast Plus listeners. How about that? By the way, I'm going to ask Tim Swartz, where's your site? Sure, you can uh, visit my site. It's uh, conspiracyjournal.com. I'll say that again, conspiracyjournal.com. All the weird news and information that they don't want you to know. Yeah, we got to talk to they. Hello, they. Where are they? That doesn't work very well. You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. You can also find us on Facebook for a Paracast fan club and a Paracast group or something or other. We also offer branded merchandise. If you go to the Paracast.store or the Paracast.shop, either works with logos and T-shirts and good stuff like that. We also offer a streaming service called The Paracast Plus at theparacast.plus for more info. We offer this show free of the network ads. We also offer the After the Paracast podcast with special interviews and sometimes continuations of the show where we just have more to say. So Kurt will be joining Tim and I on After the Paracast this week. For more information, go to theparacast.plus, P-L-U-S, theparacast.plus. Use the coupon code UFO20, UFO20, for a 20% discount on five-year and lifetime subscriptions, theparacast.plus. Kurt, on short notice, we really appreciate you showing up for this Shop Talk episode. Thank you. Oh, it was fun. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. <laughs>